We need all of them. We need the person that, you know, makes and spins and dyes the yarn and then someone to come up with an idea and me to check it and someone else can make it really well. And, you know, it all works together. Hello and welcome to the Yarn Over podcast. I am Sarah Jane, your host, and today we're going to be talking to Emily Ryder from Fiat Fiber Arts, and we're going to be talking all things tech editing. Now, here's a true story. When I first started to crochet, I would make up my own patterns, but I didn't really have any idea of how to write a pattern properly, and really at the time how to read a pattern. I would put some stitches together and create a pattern, but didn't really know the ins and outs of pattern writing itself. Fast forward a few years, I would start to put together my own patterns, but I didn't actually know what a tech editor was. In fact, the first time I heard about a tech editor, I was like, how have I not been doing this before? I found Emily, she is now my very own tech editor, and the very first time that I got a pattern back from her and all of these notes were on it, I was cringing inside because I realized just how much I'd been doing wrong. But over the years, I've really got to know what my pattern style is, really got to know more about how to write patterns, um, and that's just come from having my patterns tech edited and realizing what places I was going wrong. So without further ado, here is Emily. She is a mum of five and honestly her brain just amazes me the way that she can process information. I'm so excited for us to delve in deep today and talk all things tech editing. Have you heard the news? My How to Crochet Handy Reference Guide has had a revamp. This 26 page ebook with exclusive video instructions is perfect for beginners or those who love to have all the information at their fingertips. Get yours now at www.bellacococrochet.com forward slash ebook. Hello, Emily. Welcome to the Yarn Over podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Hello from Texas. <laughs> what time is it there? It is nine o'clock in the morning nine o'clock we are uh, what is it three o'clock here so yeah there's a bit of a time difference isn't it we had we had a bit of a, a time trying to uh, figure out what the time difference was didn't we yeah but not my first uh not my first rodeo we'd say about that um uh i have a, a number of clients in different parts of the world so i've had to do the time coordination thing a few times and it's weird yeah it's hard to get your head around, especially when they change the clocks, which they have done for both of us, haven't they, just recently? <laughs> but I'm really excited to, one, speak to you kind of face-to-face, -face because we haven't done that before, have we? It's always been via email. Uh, but two, talk about a subject that you are excellent in, which is tech editing. Um, so first of all, can you tell us what is tech editing exactly? Sure, sure. So tech editing, uh, like a book editor, is the person who reads through a crochet or knit pattern and evaluates it for your basic uh, grammatical errors, um, spelling, punctuation, um, you know, normal kind of things like that, but then also on a crochet or knit level. And I specialize in crochet tech editing. So that's what I'll reference. Uh, crochet has its own kind of punctuation and its own unique language. And so I like to say I, I edit in three different languages. I'll edit in English, in crochet, and then I edit in math, which is another language. So I will go through and see that what you're telling the maker to do is going to result in the stitch count that you have at the end. And then also I will evaluate if what you're, what you told them it would be, and then you give them the instructions. Do those instructions actually make what you told them it was going to be? And that gets into gauge and other things. But basically, instead of actually stitching the item, which is what a tester would do, I'm just reading the pattern and then either drawing it out. Sometimes I draw stitch diagrams to make sure things are going in the right place. Or I'm just visually, mentally building the item 
to make sure that um, it's making sense when I read the pattern. And this is all so that your brilliant and beautiful design comes through clearly to the reader so that they can make a beautiful item. And that's my goal is just clear and understandable patterns so that people can make pretty things. It's so impressive what you do to be able to look at a document and just pick all of those different individual elements out to make sure that it's working. It mm -hmm. blows my mind. I think you must actually have something in your brain that mine does not because <laughs> mine does not yeah. work that way at all um so well done to you because oh, it you. truly yeah, it, is amazing what you do and what i've discovered is that um the the people drawn to tech editing are are definitely a certain kind of personality type usually mm -hmm. like we're going to be perfectionists because we see we you have to be able to see all those little details and errors and mistakes and something's just out of place mm -hmm. so so it's someone that pays attention to that in the first place. And then, but it is different from a lot of designers. There are a lot of designers that are really good at math and really like it and like the intricacy of it. But then there's a lot of designers that are just very creative types and just want to come up with a really neat idea and, and do their best to put it down on paper. So it is a completely different type of um, personality and, and person and skills that, that works in these different facets of, of fiber art you know yeah, we need definitely. we need both of them we need all of them we need the person that you know makes and spins and dyes the yarn and then someone to come up with an idea and me to check it and someone else can make it really well and you know it all works together it really does it really does and I definitely fall into the latter of what you said there is I'm the creative that doesn't like the maths so much yeah. um and I was always like that in school as well. You know, maths has never been my strong point. So yeah. you are essential to me. <laughs> but it's really important, isn't it, to check all these details because it can yeah. make a huge difference to the, uh, the user who's uh, looking and reading that pattern and what they eventually end up with. You can make right. a, a small mistake, which then has this knock-on effect, can't you? Right, right. It, it, you know, it, yeah, it definitely has a big effect on uh, what the maker is going to do. And But what's important for the designer is that that maker, it's going to affect their impression of you. So do you want them to have a good impression that you they were able to make something easy and they're going to come back to you for another pattern? Or are they going to, you know, you're really good at taking pictures. I abhor taking pictures, <laughs> you know, but, you know, if a designer is really good at photography and they take a beautiful picture of a beautiful item, but they can't explain how to make it. The next time someone sees a pretty picture, they're just going to go, no, 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 I couldn't do the last thing she said. So I, you know, I'm not going to bother with this one. And you're not going to get those return customers. Yeah. So for a lot of designers that live off blog hits and, you know, web traffic, you want really good patterns for someone to want to come back and see you again and again. Mm hmm. Absolutely. So tell me then, how did you become a tech editor? How did you fall into it? So for me, I did start out as a tester. Um, I have five children. And so this was uh, back when I think around the time I only had three. Um, when I, I had the first three, it was in less than three years. And I had massive pregnancy and postpartum anxiety and depression after the third one. And so it, it took me a while to come out of that. But part of what helped me was... Um, medication for one. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid of that, moms. Yeah. <laughs> and um and going to a local embroidery guild of America club that was in town. And and I had put down needle and thread when I had my first child. And I and I I never had it out much after that because there were needles. I didn't have needles around with walking mm -hmm. around babies and stuff. So I didn't pull it out. And by the time I did, after that third baby, when I was coming out of my fog, I realized how much that just fed my soul, just doing it, doing something with 
with needle and thread and something in my hands and making something. It was so enriching. And I started getting more into crochet and doing things then also. This was early in the blog life of crochet designers. And after making um, a lot of toys for the kids and other kinds of things, I I was able to get on a tester group for Lorene Epilite of Creation Crochet, where she has an eight in creation. And, um, and so I was in her tester group and I would um, report about the patterns that we were editing. And I noticed that sometimes when I would uh, put a comment in the, you know, on the Facebook group that we were chatting in about something, um, other testers would say, oh, yeah, I saw that too, but I just did blah, 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 kind of thing. And I thought, well, that's not really my job, is it, as a tester? I mean, my job is to, like, tell her if something's off, not just fudge through it and keep going. Mm -hmm. So so I kept, you know, pointing out the things that I saw. And after a few months of this, um, she, she was just like, you really need to think about being a tech editor. I had no idea what that was. I'd never heard of it before. Um, and so I was like, okay, you know, and, and she was like, you know, you really need to think about this and maybe talk to some yarn companies or something. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, me random, no experience, like red heart is going to pick me up as an editor after that, you know, like I had, I had no background. And, um, but then after a few more months, she sent me one pattern and just said, can you look at this? I don't know if there's anything wrong with it, but you always find something. So here. And just gave it to me with, with that much confidence. And I was like, okay. You know, and I, I just read through it. I didn't make the thing. I read through it and I sent it back to her. And then a few months after that, for part of, um, Lorreen now is, is working pretty much full-time with Furls Crochet that makes the, the, the beautiful, um, yes. ergonomic hooks. And so at the time they were still doing, they were doing like Furls Crochet along and there was a pattern that had some problems and, and she sent me an email and said, I really need you to tech edit this pattern. I will totally pay you for it. We need this done. And, and that was like the first paid thing. And I was like, Ooh, wow. Like I'm, I'm for real doing it. Um, and I read through that one and did it. And then the following year, I just decided to go ahead and fully put, present myself as a tech editor and try to ask for jobs. And I asked, um, I was in a, another group. I was thinking, am I going to design and tech edit? Like maybe I'll do some patterns. So it was kind of feeling both sides of that. Like, what do I need to learn to go down the designer path? And what do I need to do for the tech edit path? And it was really splitting my focus. But because of it, I was still in groups with other burgeoning tech editors. I mean, burgeoning designers, like early designers. And so I was able to ask to um, edit some of their patterns in exchange for a testimonial. Like if they were happy with my work, they could just say, yay, Emily's great. And and then if they came back to me again, then I could charge them the next time. And so I just started off doing that and and kind of promoting myself some as a, as a tech editor and just started to have return business and then started to have requests from other people. And then I was able to, I put myself on, um, you know, tester tech editor groups where I could say, hey, you know, I'm here if you need a tech editor. And there are a lot of designers that are like, what's a tech editor and how is that different from a tester? And I don't understand. Why would I pay you? And, you know, things like that. So, um, so it was really Lorene and Lorene's confidence in me that helped to push me into this. And, um, and I will say for, you know, my, my background before mom life before crochet life and everything. I've got a master's degree in science. You know, I went away to a math and science high school two years early out of high school. Like I went to college two years early, effectively, you know, so yeah. it's like I have a really strong math and science and data and I love data entry. I had 
tech jobs doing data entry or like temporary jobs doing data entry, like before in my college years. And like, I love everything about this. So once I finally was like, yeah, I'm going to be a tech editor between myself and my husband. He was like, this puts all of your superpowers together. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really amazing about it. There's like love of crochet and fiber and creating things and all these skills that I had built up over like decades of school that, you know, if you, if you're that person that like went to school, did all these things, and then you're like, I'm, I'm going to be a mother now because that's what I'm called to do. And then part of you is like, oh, I have this societal guilt that I spent all this time on my education and I'm not using it. I don't have a job in that field. I'm a loser. You are not because Mm -hmm. you are going to use those skills in so many other amazing ways in your life. And, And that's what's been awesome is that I'm like, ha, I'm using all of that and I'm using all of this and I put it together and here I am. And it's, it's, it's been such an amazing blessing. It's, yeah. It's just, it, it's like joyful all the way around to use all of my brain on something that I love. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh I love that story. It, like you say, it's just all of these different areas of your life that have just come together. And that's exactly what it's been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's exactly what it's been like for me to be, to be honest. You know, I was teaching beauty therapy, and now I take my love of yarn and designing and photography and all of that, and it uh, my my teaching ability with my YouTube channel, and that's all wow. merged into one. And, um, you know, hearing your story of, you know, how it all evolved is mm-hmm. just amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really, I, I, I really thank Lorene for all of that. And um, I mean, it's just it's just been great, you know, and I've done other, you know, I'm still constantly checking in with like business coaching and little things here and there. And, um, you know, like when I was like, I, I really need to increase my price you know, mm-hmm. after the first year or so and feeling bad about that because I'm a really cheap person. And so, you know, increasing my price, I was like, ah, I, I wouldn't do that. But that's the point, you know, <laughs> the point. like you're not your audience is not you. Yeah. For a tech editor, at least for me, you know, or at least if I do need a tech editor, I understand what's going into it. And so, mm-hmm. You know, for me, I've I, I had to be told that my price is paying for all that back education yes. that I've already acquired. You know, I I have those skills, and that's what people are paying for, and they're paying for the efficiency of my time, and mm-hmm. you know, the hopefully the quality of work that I can return, and yeah. you know, things like that. So, you Absolutely. know, it. Yeah. I think a lot of us can have imposter syndrome when you try to put Mm -hmm. a price tag on something that you do easily Mm -hmm. sometimes. And you're like, you know, it it didn't really challenge me that much to do it, but it took a long time to get to that point. Yeah. This is the thing. People think if they enjoy it and they find it easy, that how can they charge people for doing that but you must you really must that is your art that it like you say there's years prior to getting to that point where you're putting those skills into it Mm -hmm. and so yeah absolutely um so you make you design as well um I've designed a few things but I haven't written really a lot of patterns I have I mean I have written and and sold some patterns to um some publishers you know, from time to time. Um, I have a few on my website that honestly were done really early and probably need their own tech editing done, you know, (laughs) like they're they're that old. Um, And then otherwise, I mean, I'm constantly making things. So when I'm making things, half of what I make is probably from a pattern or a book or maybe even something I tech edit that I'm like, God, I really like that. And I, you know, mm-hmm. and I just have to make it. And then other times I'm freehanding something and, and that's, that's designing. I may or may not write it down, but 
I mean, I'm constantly doing stuff. I'm just not focusing on publishing those patterns right yeah. now because I have enough mm -hmm. workload on the editing side. Yeah, absolutely. God, finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you wrote your own pattern, would you get it tech edited edited by somebody else? Yes. Uh -huh. Absolutely, yes. And the reason why tech editing is important is because your brain will fool you. When you read your own work, your brain is automatically putting in what you wanted to be there. So mm -hmm. it's not always easy to see your own typos. Mm -hmm. Like literally your brain will trick you. Yeah. So it's almost impossible when you're making something to then go back and, and proof it and get it right and find everything. So it's always good to have a tech editor. I would definitely use a tech editor for, for other patterns if I, you know, wanted to publish stuff and I cared about it, you know, mm -hmm. I cared about it being a good finished product, which, you know, I should. Um, yeah, I would definitely get it tech edited. Yeah. And, and I have for those patterns, especially that I've sent to, to like actually be paid for and be published somewhere. Yeah. Um, I've definitely gotten them tech edited. So important. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about gauge <laughs> because this is kind of a big one, isn't it? I think yes. it's one of those subjects which you either love or hate, but everybody's got to uh, deal with it. Can you tell us what is gauge? I'm trying to find a ruler. You'd think I'd have a million tape measures, whatever. <laughs> so gauge is the, um, the measurement that tech editors will use to figure out when I was saying how they'll uh, evaluate if you tell them what size a piece is going to be and you tell them your gauge and then you tell them to make this many stitches and this many rows, the finished product, if they meet gauge, should be what you told them in the first place. So gauge is always two dimensions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Always. You have to tell them for a row by row or round by round piece um, that, that builds up, you have to tell them how many stitches fit within a certain dimension and how many rows or rounds fit in that same dimension. The times that that is different is maybe for something that's worked uh, in the round like this. Okay. Yeah. For something that's in the round, you can give a diameter after a certain number of rounds. And that will work for both the height and width because it's something round. That's what yeah. height and width is uh, both included in diameter. Um, so... The way to measure that is you need a straight ruler. Um, yeah. If you have a straight wooden or plastic ruler, I would say that would be best because mm -hmm. I have seen tape measures stretch. Mm -hmm. So plastic tape measures can sometimes stretch. If you Got have it. more than one, it, it'd be interesting to like lay them all out and see if four inches is four inches on all of them. Yes. You know, yeah. Because you can't always be. trust it, I guess. Yeah. So that's why a straight plastic, metal, you know, a straight flat ruler would probably be best. Lay it out on your piece, choose your dimensions. If you're going to do four inches, like we do here in America, that's what we would do. If you want to do 10 centimeters, fine. You just need to be clear that that's what you did. You know, put that measurement down first mm -hmm. and tell your tech editor, I'm working in metric units. You know, mm -hmm. all my calculations were in metric first, and then I converted to inches. Um, I've had issues with that before. Uh, so lay out your ruler at the zero mark, put a straight pin down on your piece. And then at your distance, however far across you're going to measure, put another straight pin down on the same row or round if you can. And then count and count the stitches from one pin to the next. And you need to go all the way to the pin. And what I mean is um, our stitches have space between them mm -hmm. and that space belongs to the stitch. Yeah. So if you're going to, you can't go from the be beginning of one stitch to the 
or from the end of one stitch to the beginning of the other, because you're going to miss some space on the yeah. side. Yeah. And so those spaces, all, I guess, can equate to oh, a, it can a fairly add up. good. Yeah. Right. It, it can definitely add up. So if you're uh, going to measure, start on one side of a stitch and make mm -hmm. sure that your pin mark is at that point and then count to that same side of a stitch all the way across. Mm -hmm. And um, in knitting, they can sometimes have half stitches because it's all like a V, you know, so they can count a V and then half of a V. Yeah. Crochet doesn't do that. No. <laughs> it really doesn't. So you need to count a full stitch and its space. And if that doesn't fit perfectly in four inches or 10 centimeters for your own personal publication, it's okay to have that measurement be different. If three and a half inches was better, do three and a half. It's usually better to have a longer, a, a greater distance of measurement than a shorter mm -hmm. distance of measurement. Right. So if you need to go to five inches, fine. Do what works for the pattern. Um, uh, unique things about gauge, and this is where I'll plug my website, fiatfiberarts.com. I have articles about gauge. Just search yeah. gauge and you will get the, the articles about it. And I have information on how to write gauge mm -hmm. for various types of patterns. If you're yeah. working in a stitch pattern, if you're uh, doing amigurumi and doing a three-dimensional item, where do you put gauge? Uh, if you're doing something that's small, say this is like the entire size of the piece, you know, you're not going to give like a five inch gauge for something that's only three inches when it's finished. Therefore, the finished measurement is the gauge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was so, going to say you have a brilliant um, blog post about gauge um, and the video <laughs> alongside it as well. I learned so much from that. So I'll make sure that oh, uh, we leave that in the show notes because I highly encourage people to go and um, check it out. But I will also have a look at that other one talking about measuring different um different right. items because personally it's something that I still I am still working on um you know I still haven't protect uh I still haven't uh perfected that skill mm -hmm. so yeah definitely I'll leave it so people can go and check it out yeah yeah definitely because um even if you think gauge doesn't matter it still does, it does. <laughs> you know yeah. so you know in those cases if it's something that's small didn't have the finished measurement. If it was something that was larger, but you're writing it so that they could do it with any kind of yarn possible, still give them some idea of what you did and how mm -hmm. you made what's in the picture. Yes. That's what they're going for. They want to make what you made. So you have to give them the information there because what's the worst thing that can happen when someone buys your pattern and goes home and makes it, you know, what, what's one of the biggest complaints you get from makers? Yeah, it does. It you doesn't, this is not the same or this is too big. Work. If they're making a, you know, your yeah. pattern didn't work. It didn't make it right. Yeah. Gauge is your defense. Mm -hmm. Age is your number one defense to complaints because the first question you ask is, did you meet gauge? Yeah. If they say, no, I didn't bother with that. You can say, I'm happy to help you after you've worked to meet gauge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. Do you have any gauge disaster stories or have you seen <laughs> any gauge disaster stories? For yeah. me personally, when it comes to amigurumi, um, I make a lot of amigurumi for the Crochet Society boxes and they always turn out bigger than what they should. And that is mainly because I like to use the hook that's in the box because it's so pretty and for demonstration purposes, but I know that I need to go down so many hook sizes mm. in order to hit gauge. <laughs> so I yeah. always turn out a lot bigger. It's something I laugh about, but have you ever seen so, any disasters? Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's something that 
on a maker perspective, everybody mm -hmm. can start to learn about themselves. Um, mm -hmm. what, you know, how your stitching is compared to certain designers. Because yeah, personally, I never bothered with gauge if I was just making a hat or a toy or something. But one designer um, that I really like, I made her hat. I used the hook that she said. I used the yarn size that she said. I made the hat in the adult size and it barely fit my four-year-old. <laughs> it was so small. I was like, ah. like, how did this happen? And oh, it was totally a gauge problem. So I know for her, I need to go up at least like two or three hook sizes if I mm -hmm. don't want to bother measuring gauge. Mm -hmm. um, now, as far as tech editing goes, I can usually see if there's a gauge issue when I do all my calculations. Yeah. So that's where, you know, I take the designer's gauge and then they said to make 150 stitches and I compare it to their gauge. I'm like, well, 150 stitches at your gauge is going to come out to 40 inches, but you told them it was going to be 35 inches. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting something different. What's going on now? Mm -hmm. A lot of the, now that's the easiest way for, for me and a designer to catch that something's off on the pattern. And that's why I do it. You know, I will take the dimensions that they give me and compared to their gauge, I will estimate how many rows and stitches I should see at the end of the pattern. Then I go through the whole pattern and then I see how many they have and I'll estimate what the distance is compared to exactly what they have and see if those two numbers are similar. If it's, if it's off by like one or two stitches, that's probably fine, you know, mm -hmm. with like a small stitch count. Um, but if it's, uh, when it's off by, a few, you know, like a half inch, a full inch, if, you know, if this distance is really not meshing up, um, I'm, I'm telling the designer, I'm like, I'm getting this. You said that. And mm -hmm. the, the, the challenge with the tech editor is that I can't always determine where the error lies mm -hmm. because it could be in so many different places in a pattern. Yeah. You know, if, if you tell me to work certain stitches, on row five of a pattern and you're like, you know, we got, we got us and UK terms different, but I can still talk <laughs> about doubles and trebles, you know, yeah. <laughs> if you put a in the next treble and I'm like, I didn't do any trebles on the last row. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, yeah. then I don't know if this row is incorrect or the previous row was incorrect. Mm -hmm. So I can just tell the designer, this is the math that I'm getting. And it's mm -hmm. not matching what you have. So what's going on now? A lot of times it can real easily come back as, oh my gosh, I just copy pasted the wrong gauge on that pattern. Yeah. And that generally happens. Or I have had times where the designers had to go back and really put down their piece and remeasure and recalculate and come mm -hmm. back with something else. And I'm like, that's perfect. You know, so sometimes it works you know, usually I can really figure it out in the math. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I really know that something's wrong is when either, either every single size is off by something. If every size is off by exactly the same first, I'll reevaluate my math mm -hmm. because I'm like, if they're all exactly the same and I calculated them all the same, maybe I missed something. So I'll double check it then. But if you have nine sizes and like only one or two are wrong, but all the others are exactly correct, mm -hmm. then I know that something's off with just one or two of those because everything else worked and I yeah. calculated everything the same, you know, according to the pattern. So, so I can really catch a lot of things in the math that way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's not so much disaster stories apart from like my own personal constructions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I know that's totally my fault kind of thing. And yeah, uh, I would say I have, I have more disaster stories when it comes to knitting because I don't like having to take the time to knit a whole <laughs> watch yeah. and measure it and then start the project. I'm like, let's just start the project. Yeah. A but, lot of people are the same, I think. Yeah. I, 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 I remember when you um, tech edited one of my first patterns I sent to you, I remember getting all of these notes come back and I was like, 
oh my goodness like I realized just how bad I was like I realized just how bad I was at writing patterns and over this last few years of you know sending you my patterns I've learned so much from you so I honestly can't thank you enough because I really have learned so much about pattern writing what tech editing is gauge and um you know all of these different things so thank you you're very welcome and that is really my goal i mean that is like become half my goal in in this whole endeavor is to teach designers how to write so mm-hmm. that's that's why um you know i've i've written these ebooks i've written i've put out these little publications and the first mm-hmm. one was a simple guide to grading crochet mm-hmm. got because, it I've got that one <laughs> <laughs> because that was you know, I would be asked to grade a pattern. And if you don't know what grading is, that's when um, a designer can make a pattern for size small or usually for themselves, but then to sell it, they want it available in multiple sizes. And so they'll Mm -hmm. just, instead of making it in all those sizes, they'll calculate the math using gauge in a very precise Mm -hmm. manner to see how many stitches someone at like a 3X size or a 2X like me, I usually end up falling in that category, or, you know, extra small, how many stitches they have to make to make the same item. Personally, I don't like doing the grading because I feel like it affects the design of the item Mm -hmm. immensely. And I don't want to change your design. Yeah. So I don't really like doing grading unless you're going to already give me all the measurements of what it's supposed to be, you know, and by that time, you've done half the work already. You know, Mm -hmm. so I created my guide so that designers who are afraid of math can step by step walk through it and learn how to calculate their own gauge, figure out the body measurements of what they want the finished piece to be. And I step by step walk you through setting up your own spreadsheet in either Excel or like Microsoft Excel or in Google Sheets to set up your spreadsheet and be able to calculate things on your own. I have had amazing success stories from that piece, from just that publication. I've had designers go from designing just scarves and bags Mm -hmm. to designing full range garments. And, and they're like, I never would have done this if it wasn't for you, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. And, and just like you said about learning how to write, I've Mm -hmm. seen that in my clients as well. So, you know, if you're new to tech editing, just know that the first few times you get something edited, it may take a little longer and it may look a little more like chicken with his feet cut off, walked all over it, you know? <laughs> like, you know, there <laughs> might look like there's more red ink or more errors. But but as you learn to write crochet better, you'll generally tend to find fewer mistakes later on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is involved in just developing your own style and sticking with it. Yeah, absolutely. Consistency is the biggest thing. And Mm -hmm. and that may have been a lot of the things that I saw in some of those early patterns, because if you write the first line with no spaces between the number and the abbreviation, but then Mm -hmm. the next line, you got a bunch of spaces. I'm like, which way do you want to do it? One or the Mm -hmm. other, you got to pick. Yeah, that's something I'm still guilty of. (laughs) You know, you're still like, yeah. So Jane, which one do you want to do? Come on. <laughs> you should right. know this one. <laughs> right. for, pers- for um, you know, personal designers for um they're publishing their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you can choose what you want to do. Yeah. You just want to do it the same so Consistent. that people come to expect you know the same thing from you. Um yeah. and you know, setting up your own personal style guide is usually best. You can have a lot of that information on your template that you use Mm -hmm. for every pattern. A lot of designers will put some of the rules that they follow in their notes so -hmm. that other people can understand it when they read it. Mm -hmm. And so if you have it in your notes for the reader, then you're also reminding yourself, oh yeah, this is the way I'm writing it. Yeah. Uh, And then, um, but if you're publishing with someone else, always follow their style guide first, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and you have to really pay attention to them. Some of them are extremely detailed and some of them are not. And mm-hmm. so you have to kind of just go stick with those, whatever 
information they have in that publication style guide, follow it first mm -hmm. and then fill in your, your pattern. Yeah. Perfect. So I, I've got a feeling that we're going to have a couple of types of people here. Oh, yeah. People who are like, okay, I'm writing my own patterns. I need a tech editor. And then people who are like, I want to be a tech editor. <laughs> so let's start with the people who are wanting to get a tech editor. Mm -hmm. Where where do you find one? Obviously right. you. <laughs> <laughs> There's me. Um, there are, you know, there's, there's generally groups, you know, social media is a big thing. You could ask mm -hmm. fellow designers who they use and recommend if they have a tech editor, mm -hmm. uh, you can um, go on groups and say, Hey, I'm, I'm open to finding a tech editor and see who jumps in. There are places where there may be some names listed out. Uh, the tech editor hub is, is a, uh, I think a great resource. It's been a great resource for me as a tech editor to converse with other tech editors. A lot of them are knit based, but they're trying mm -hmm. to really expand more into crochet. Mm -hmm. um, so you could find a tech editor probably there. Um, I've heard it. Yarn Pond is sort of a testing group um, and tech editors can put their names there. Okay. There are a few other um, designer um community kind of things that have popped up in the last couple of years. I'm just not aware of all the names, but yeah, you know, if, if you're trying to search for like designer groups and stuff, there's usually um, some tech editors have jumped on there to say, Hey, here I am. Mm -hmm. um, so if you, if you can't find one just by searching like crochet tech editor, you know, um, I mean, you really should be able to find it by that. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, if you can't find it that way, you're not using the internet, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to be, but you really should be able to find something, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then just like send them an email. You know, I still get uh, like cold calls, basically, mm -hmm. is what I think of it. You know, I still get emails from someone that's like, you know, hey, this is my first time. What do I do? Like on my website, at least I have, I have a header that's like how to hire Emily. And you drop down, <laughs> here's how to buy your time. And then here's where you sign up on my calendar. Cause I finally got that organizational system yes. out. And then they email me the pattern. And, and sometimes when I see these emails coming in, I'm like, somebody's coming. Cause I'll see the first person. I'm like, <laughs> I've never seen that name before. And then I'll see something pop up on my calendar. I'm like, oh, and then the third yeah. email is like, hi, I'm Susie. And this is my first pattern to get tech edited up. Like, yay, I love yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so, so it's really, it's, it's really great, you know, and you'll be able to find people. Um, and so to flip onto the other side for the person mm -hmm. that wants to be a tech editor, um, you know, when I started, there was not a lot of instruction about crochet editing, mm -hmm. you know, and there still is very little out there about crochet tech editing. There's information about knit tech editing. And it was another reason why I made my guide about grading crochet yeah. because everything that I found about grading was about knitting. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's certain things about crochet that are a little different that you need to think about. And so I wanted to get some of that into my book when I, when I put it out there, because there just wasn't anything about crochet grading. And there's very little about crochet tech editing. Yeah. So uh, I created a course that's called How to Become a Tech Editor. And you could sign up for that. You could just, you know, peruse the, the landing page for it. And there's a couple of sections of the course that you can look at. Now, part of the overlap is one of the sections that you can look at is where students that have taken the course have put their information, their contact information when they're ready to take clients as tech editors. Mm. So that's one more place that you can look for a tech editor yeah. is on my course page, scroll to the bottom of the available um, to the course listing. And then there's one that's like, you know, here's, it's going to be the only thing available to a viewer that hasn't purchased the course. Um, so any designer, anybody can look at that and see names of people and what kind of things they're willing to tech edit at this time. Yeah. So my course is not entirely like 
how to tech edit every little different type of pattern because it could, mm -hmm. it's like infinitely types yeah. of pattern. <laughs> yeah. it's how to become a tech editor. So I, right. I tell people like what kind of um, programs I use on the computer, what type of equipment I need, what type of, um, you know, how I organize getting clients and keeping track of clients. And I do go through tech editing. I do give them a, a checklist of, of what kind of things you want to be looking at and paying attention to in a pattern. And I do go through some sample patterns in various um, programs so that they can see how I use the track changes or how I edit on a PDF or how I do other things. So yeah. that's why I called it how to become a tech editor, not like how to tech edit crochet. Yes. It's slightly yes. different. Um, but but it's been great. I mean, I, I've I've had several students. I also have um, you get two coaching calls with me when you take the course. We do one at the beginning and one at the end after you've gone through everything. It's less than two hundred dollars. You know, it's it's one of the like cheapest crochet tech editing or tech editing type things out there, but it is relying on you yes. and your brain power coming mm -hmm. into it. You know, I'm trusting that you're already coming to tech editing because you're hearing those things of like detail oriented, good at math, yeah, likes doing stuff on the computer. You're going to be on the computer. And I keep doing this because I have double monitors <laughs> now. And so I keep pointing to like the screen where I have my spreadsheet and this is like, oh, it's been such a dream come true when I, when I got a new computer and double monitors, cause I got the yeah. spreadsheet on one side and the pattern <laughs> over here. And I'm like, do, 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 you know? Um, so, and also if you like reading patterns, if you're like yeah. a pattern hoarder and you like mm -hmm. reading them and just absorbing them and you're like, I love all this information. And then you read a book and then you find an error and you're like, why? If, if errors yeah. and patterns, published patterns in a book make you just want to cry, you probably should be a tech editor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Uh, well, I'll, again, I'll leave the details to that in the show notes um, of this uh, of this episode. Uh, but it's been amazing to have you on. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. And I'm sure there's so many takeaways for people from this episode. Uh, but can you tell us uh, how everybody can find you for a start? And if you have anything coming up in for the rest of this year? Oh, well, um, so fiatfiberarts.com, F-I-A-T, Fiber Arts, um, is uh, the place to go. You can find out why I'm calling it Fiat. It's not the car. <laughs> Latin. It's Catholic. It's totally, like, all about me, really. <laughs> but, but it, you know, that's my mission. Um, and, you know, my I said my mission is to have beautiful patterns, and it's really because beauty draws us to God because God is a source of all beauty. And, and so that's part of my mission also. Um, but fiatfiberarts.com, you can find everything, the blog post, how to hire me, how to get to the uh, tech editor course. And then also this summer, I am going to be teaching at the Crochet Guild of America conference wow. that's finally happening in New Orleans this year. I'm going to be teaching four courses. And one of them is like a ask me anything, how to write crochet tech editor kind of thing. And it's going to be an all day class. And if nobody has any questions, which I seriously doubt, you know, uh, if anything, I'll go through some of my um, guides on the grading or just how to write a pattern. Because one of the um, one of the digital products I have on Gumroad is my selling platform. And um, you can get to that through the through the website, because um, I think it's gumroad.fiatfiberarts, um, is how to write the line of crochet, like the actual line of instruction, how to write that. Because there are so many guides out there that are just like, here's the parts of a pattern and they have title and materials and your gauge and notes maybe. And then they say, then write the pattern. And then the <laughs> end. 
and yeah. you're like, there's a big missing part here, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to fill in the blank. <laughs> so that's where that's what's in my how to write the line of instruction guide. Yeah. Which is is again really cheap and but gives you all that information so that you can figure out exactly what kind of style you want to use and then nail it all down, write it down and do it exactly the same every time. You know, so so that's in there. But I will be teaching in New Orleans this summer. Uh, the meeting, pretty sure, is in July. It's on my calendar. No promises. But <laughs> uh, Crochet Guild of America, if you're not a member already, you really should be. You get a lot of great resources there. Um, and try to come to the meeting. Come meet other people. It is so amazing to be in a hotel around hundreds of other people mostly women, because that's who we are, you know, and, and everybody's stitching. Yeah. Everybody. And everybody's wearing things that they've stitched. And you can walk up to someone and be like, Oh, how did you yeah. do that? And like be touching on them and they don't care. Yeah. You know, or like, oh, know what they're making. Wow, what are you making? You know, and oh. It is so, so enriching. It's so amazing. So if you haven't it's, done that. It's such a buzz being around, actually being around people who just get it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It so is good. totally, totally amazing. So I'm really excited about that. The other classes that I'm teaching are how to do embroidery on crochet. Again, combining yeah. my, my loves. Uh, one is about how to line your crochet item with fabric. We're going to do yeah. different methods. And then the last one is about... Um, tying it tight with tassels and, and dangles and fobs and stuff. And we're going to get into doing more than just a half hitch, you know, something tight that really keeps your fringe and your tassel in place. And it's not going to get pulled out by your five-year-old or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I guess so. you're doing that from experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So those are the things that we're going to be doing. Um, and I'm just super excited about it. I can't oh, wait. It sounds amazing. Thank you so much for giving us your time and sharing your knowledge with us um as i say i'll leave everything in the show notes so that you can go and check out emily but thank you so much i hope you have a wonderful day yeah you too